Hola, Jim. How are you today? Welcome back from your little Christmas holiday vacation. It's the first podcast of the year for you, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, technically the second. Technically. We have a hearty laugh since the last, what, 45 seconds of our life have simply been reduced to potentially zero? Well, 45 minutes. Well... We, we had some fun and yeah. we were recorrecting it. Uh, Alex basically told me five minutes ago, hey, the whole podcast we're recording for the last 40 minutes, I think it didn't record. It's gone. So so we um, – <laughs> and te- it happens, right? Stuff like this te- tends to happen every Welcome now and then. Welcome to the 21st century. Not every yeah. single thing is, is <laughs> dialed in planned. perfectly like the 22nd century will be. But Yeah. So so we, we, we record on a, on a platform called Anchor. And the way you record, you record straight into the, the, the platform uh, through the internet. But I said, why that record into it's, uh, hardware in the computer? Exactly, right? So the the hardware to record it, I, there's different settings that I usually don't use, so we need to figure that out for next time. So we avoid this challenge again. But, uh, it, it, but it, all water under the bridge because yeah. the topic we are discussing today is one that I've actually already repeated like – 10 times earlier to people. (laughs) Well, the, the, okay. So we've got our monthly podcast. Mm -hmm. This is episode four. Yeah. And each episode before that has been frankly from, you know, from, from a a beginning podcasting standpoint, more based upon various avenues of information. Whereas this episode Mm -hmm. is really based off of just uh, un tema singular. Yeah. One singular topic. So this, this is, Specifically speaking of one little piece of history in the city, right? And, and which goes very, very appropriately to your um, branding of Immersion Living Tijuana yeah. as an ambassador for, for the city. Um, of the United States. Of both, right? So Well, you, at this point. Yeah, so, yeah, so best of both worlds. So being able to live on both sides, being from over there, coming here, learning the language. and But as a United States citizen. So far. Ah, so far. Well, you already married a Mexican. And I already married Mexican. So <laughs> so basically that leads to the question of who is Jim Houliston? Is he a Mexican? Is he a Mexican? Yeah. Well, I will tell you by birth certificate, I'm American. And by lack of official Mexican documentation, spoiler alert, I'm really only on paper 100% American. Yeah. Uh, a pesar de que hablo español fluido desde que he vivido cuatro años aquí en México. So for those of you who are learning Spanish or have already learned it, you understand what I just said. Congratulations. So today, tell me what's the what's the topic? Uh, one word. Well, two words. Yeah. Leading into more. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Primarily why he's popular in Mexico. Why here in Tijuana we have a rather large statue of him in downtown in okay. the Zona Rio section. Of Tijuana. So if you drive into Tijuana from San Diego, and if you cross the San Isidro international border, the most cross international border uh, in the world, allegedly, it's right on the, the Pacific Ocean of the United States and Mexico here in Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, the closest to the, the water. What are we, about five? Uh, we're about eight or so miles, I think, from the, the ocean. But we're the border. If you go uh, about five minutes south into it, you will get to the neighborhood Zona Rio, so the river zone. Mm-hmm. And you're going to drive in on uh, a main avenue called Paseo de los Héroes, yes. which means Way of the Heroes. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pass by um, 
It's named that because of the monuments mm -hmm. dedicated to the quote heroes of Mexico. So you're going to pass the Centro Cultural de Tijuana, which on the left-hand side will be this big cement ball, which is the IMAX theater. And, and Secud is my single favorite place in, in Tijuana. It's basically three Balboa Park art museums all wrapped into one with an IMAX theater. It's incredible. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you're going to pass the, uh, it's known as Las Tijeras, which is the first Glorieta. So it's basically this monument that looks like scissors, and I think it's officially known as uh, Monumento uh, Mexico. Yes. So uh, the the Mexico monument because it looks like an M and it's it has binational significance. Mm -hmm. But after that, on you're gonna continue on Paseo de, de los Héroes, Way of the Heroes, and you you're gonna get to the Glorieta Cuauhtémoc. So the the traffic roundabout of the statue Cuauhtémoc, and he was the last Aztec emperor of Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, during the Mexican conquest by, what is his name? You forgot again. <laughs> I did. Cortez. That's it. Mm -hmm. I knew it started with a C. Cortez. So in the 1500s, he was the last Aztec um, emperor of Mexico during the conquest. You'll continue southward on Paseo de los Héroes, and you will get to a Glorieta, and you're going to see a, a statue of someone who, as an American citizen, you will immediately recognize because he is our tallest U.S. president at six foot four inches. You will see a huge statue of Abraham Lincoln in the middle of Tijuana, Mexico. And why would we find <laughs> a statue of Abraham Lincoln in Mexico, right? It's always been a curiosity of mine, and, and actually only until I started talking with Jim about the whole topic, we uh, we figured out that there's more than meets the eye to that odd standing statue there, uh, which also is kind of weird because the, just the way he's built the statue, it looks very... It's uh, frankly... Imposing, yeah. Really badass. <laughs> yeah. With chains in his hand yeah, and just, it's... it's so doing like this power pose with his fist and just breaking chains and, and this badass kind of smirk. Well, in his face. we as Americans, we know him as the president who during the Civil War abolished slavery. Yeah. Which is very obviously uh, cognizant, significant of, uh, of, of chains, uh, frankly, being broken. Mm -hmm. But uh, our 16th U.S. president, and it's this big statue of him, and there's a reason why it's here. And there's actually more than that. There's a reason why Tijuana, we are not the only city to have in Mexico a large Abraham Lincoln statue, but okay. rather there's also the uh, Ciudad Juarez. Okay. There's also Guadalajara, and there's also uh, Mexico City. So what we're going to do right now is talk all about it in Spanish. Cool. So for those of you who are practicing Spanish... I will speak for myself and I will try to go slow and remember that you guys are learning. And at the end of it, we will recap it all very shortly, actually, in English. So you'll all understand what we were just talking about. Entonces, Entonces vamos a cambiar. So we'll talk about Lincoln. Uh, vamos a hablar de Lincoln en español. Entonces, tenemos la estatua de Abraham Lincoln al Paseo de los Héroes por uh, varios razones. Mm -hmm. Aquí. Todo empezó cuando él era un senador joven durante los 1840. Okay. Y el presidente entonces era uh, James Polk, se llamó. Él quiso invadir a México. James Polk. 
Uh -huh. okay, la guerra mexicoamericana. Sí, mexicoamericana. En último, su razón principal era para robar la tierra. Okay. Pero él dijo que era desde que México nos atacó. Pero Lincoln era uno de los únicos que le preguntó en cuál sitio se pasó este. Ah. Y en último, no, no, no pudo localizar. Entonces, no, no justificó la razón real por la cual quería... No, no, en último pareció que no. Para Lincoln, profesionalmente y políticamente, no hubo una decisión popular okay. por hacer, porque él no era reelectado. Elegido. Ah, reelegido. Electear no es un verbo. No. Ok, elegido. Elegido. I'm still learning everyone. Sí. Gringo. <laughs> no fue reelegido. So everyone who's listening to this and thinks, ah, maybe Jim has like a Mexican actually speaking. I really don't. It's seriously just me. I promise you. He's pretty good. Yeah, well, pues por esa razón tengo algunas palabras que no entiendo. Y digo, equivocado. Entonces, Lincoln no era reelegido de ser senador ni tampoco. Tuvo un tiempo fácil en ser empleado de nuevo. Ok. Uh, como a un trabajo típico, uh -huh. porque hubo muy despopular su decisión en, en decir lo que dijo. Que hoy okay. el presidente James Polk, la verdad, eres lleno de mierda, que uh -huh. dude, ese no es justificado. Okay. Este quiera. Es, espero no haya usado esas palabras específicamente. Ah, un buen. Era un ser humano uh -huh. uh, emocionado. Okay. Pero todavía se, se realizó, se pasó la guerra. Y en último, tenemos ahorita hoy en día los estados de Texas, Arizona, Nuevo México, Colorado, Utah, Nevada y California. Sí. Todo. Desde ese entonces. Y más que una década después, uh -huh. Abraham Lincoln se ganó la elección uh -huh. y uh, era nuestro presidente. Uh -huh. Y a ese entonces se pasó nuestra guerra civil. Okay. Desde entonces de, del tema de la esclavitud. Y también a ese entonces se pasó con la de México desde Francia. Uh, Otra vez esa palabra. Colonización. Dile en inglés. Colonization. Es cada. Colonización. Ok. Con. Colo. Colonización. <laughs> Colo. Alex, you have a gringo on your podcast. Just remember. <laughs> your podcast. Colonización. Colonización. <laughs> that, that word. My wife to this day still reminds me how to say. Uh, um, Can you remember it in English? Um, veterinarian. Veterinario. That word. <laughs> veterinario. <laughs> veterinario. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Seguimos. Durante la eh, Francia intentó uh -huh. colonizar que, México. México, uh -huh. México tenía una duda con, con Francia. Sí. Desde deuda. Deuda. Una, una deuda. Uh -huh. Pues desde un, una guerra antes. Entonces... Francia decidió colonizar allá. Entonces, obviamente, México no, no quiso eso uh -huh. y les pidió a los Estados Unidos para ayuda. Uh -huh. Pero Lincoln era presidente y Francia les amenizó 
en apoyar al Southern Confederacy. Amenazó. Amenazó uh-huh. ayudar al, a la Confederación de, de Sur. Del Sur. Uh-huh. De Sur. The, the Southern Confederacy to help them. Entonces, Lincoln no pudo juzgar con, e, con eso. Okay. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't gamble with it. Entonces, Lincoln, al tener la presión de la guerra civil y la amenaza de que Francia apoyada, apoyara a los sureños, entonces mm-hmm. le comentó a México que no podía apoyarlos directamente. Claro, okay. claro. Entonces, Lincoln públicamente no pudo ayudar, uh-huh. pero quiso ir desde su presidencia. Uh, es tristemente decir que un poco después era asesinado okay. del John Wilkes Booth. Pero era muy, muy cercano al Ulysses S. Grant. Okay. Y Ulysses S. Grant después era inspirado desde la presidencia de Abraham Lincoln uh-huh. para enviar a algunos soldados, una campaña uh-huh. de soldados okay. estadounidense uh, hasta la frontera de, de Texas y México y sus instrucciones eran para perder como 30 mil armas del como state of the art. Sí, como, de, de vanguardia. De, de la vanguardia. Uh-huh. Entonces ese se pasó y los mexicanos en México Uh, los encontró uh, con esas armas los utilizaban para, para luchar en contra de Francia uh-huh. y ellos ganaban la batalla de Puebla y eso significa uh, la celebración que tenemos en los Estados Unidos del 5 de mayo ok, entonces gracias and I'm totally going to repeat all that in English sí. so don't sweat if you don't understand it gracias, gracias a la inspiración que tuvo Grant de toda la relación que tenía con México, él continuó sus deseos de ver la manera de apoyar. Básicamente les, les obsequió clandestinamente 30.000 armas de vanguardia para luchar contra Francia. Sí, okay. sí, sí. Hubo sumo importante por ellos. Okay. Uh, entonces ellos ganaban uh, la batalla uh-huh. y ganaban a ese entonces como su in- independencia okay. ya, ya se falleció Lincoln pero a ese entonces hubo un rockstar okay. eh, estaba reverado like, ah, like, uh, venerado. revered uh-huh. reverado en uh-huh. México entonces por esa razón tenemos cuatro estatuas de Abraham Lincoln en México y la verdad no, no, no sé cuánto, cuántas estatuas de, de Benito Juárez uh-huh. que tenemos en México pero hay varios intercambios internacionales entre okay. los Estados Unidos y México de esas estatuas, o sea, de, de Lincoln y de Benito Juárez. Ok. ¿Y desde cuándo tenemos la estatua de Lincoln aquí en Tijuana? ¿Quién? Desde 1981. Ok. Cuéntame un poquito de eso. La importancia interesante de eso es que era un intercambio y tuvimos planeado de que um, el presidente estadounidense Ronald Reagan okay. en 1981 tuvo planes para, para llegar aquí para dedicar la estatua a ese entonces, pero hubo un intento infamoso de asesinación de su vida a ese, a ese tiempo. Asesinato. Asesinato. Mm. Mm-hmm. Y hubo como dos meses antes y después del... Intentado. Atentado. Atentado. De, de su asesinación. Asesinato. 
que, que él que se, se cancelaban todos sus planes okay. de viajar y, uh, internacionalmente. Entonces no vino a inaugurar la estatua para México en Tijuana. No, y, y él era el primer presidente actual estadounidense okay. de, de planear de estar aquí en Tijuana okay. y de, para algo oficial. ¿De México sí fueron a inaugurar la estatua de Benito Juárez en Estados Unidos? Sí, en Pantoja Park, en downtown San Diego. Okay. Sí, y uh, el presidente actual de ese entonces se llama uh, José López Portillo, Ajá. que llegó. Uh, entonces se dedicó la estatua que tenemos en San Diego, en Pantoja Park, en downtown, de Benito Juárez. Y Benito Juárez, de mucha gente, es conocido como el Abraham Lincoln mm. de México. Sí. Y es porque los, los dos hombres que crecieron pobres uh -huh. y también eran abogados antes de ser presidentes del tiempos de guerra. Uh -huh. Y que también que tenemos hasta entonces, o pues hasta ahorita, cartas en, en que se les escribieron de intentar de animar. Porque okay. ellos los dos... Eh, hubieran presidentes durante tiempos de guerras de sus países. Propios. Se correspondían. Claro. Okay. Entonces, ya, yeah, por esa razón tenemos la, las estatuas. Y sentí bien inspirado en hacer este video que va a estrenar como en, en menos que un mes. Uh -huh. Todavía hay mucho trabajo, porque para mí es el primer video que, que he hecho uh -huh. de este, en una manera grande. Ok. Y vas a explicar... Con, con fotos, con video, con todo, con, con, con lo que les voy a contar en inglés en, en un minuto. Ok, entonces para los que están aprendiendo español ahorita con nosotros, tengan oportunidad de comparar lo aprendido con el video. Claro. Ok, claro. y esto no, lo, no creo que lo vas a mencionar, pero te comenté no sobre Benito Juárez, que él era conocido por una frase muy muy popular, muy célebre, que creo que va algo así como entre las personas, como entre las naciones, el derecho ajeno es la paz. Básicamente significa tus derechos empiezan donde los míos terminan. <ríe> o sea, tenemos como una... Es como saber guardar distancia de respetar al otro, ¿no? Igual como uh -huh. quieres que te respeten a ti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y pues parece que ese era el sentimiento entre ambos presidentes okay. en general. Sentí bien inspirado de hacer este video porque ahorita, ahorita en ese entonces, el sentimiento promedio entre nosotros los ciudadanos es que hay, hay un sentimiento de, de división. Mm -hmm. O sea que hay mucho tema de construir el, el muro de deportar a mucha gente uh -huh. y de, de negar a caravanas de personas de otros países uh -huh. para llegar a nuestro país. Uh -huh. Todo es relacionado entre los Estados Unidos y México y a la América Latina. Uh -huh. A mí se me hizo muy interesante eh, la plática, ¿no? El tema en cuestión de curioso y lo posiblemente controversial de quién sabe cómo lo reciba todo el público que lo escuche, pero de cómo actualmente está esta división diplomática y esta falta de, de interés por cooperación 
por el bienestar mutuo. A diferencia de, de, de lo que representan esas estatuas de las que estás hablando, esos monumentos de la relación que se tuvo en el pasado en tiempos muy difíciles para ambos países, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y de la ironía, eh, Lincoln fue republicano. Uh, ¿Lo primero? <ríe> el primero, y fue parte de, de la fundación del Partido Republicano con uh -huh. él, ¿no? si no me equivoco. ¿Cómo crees que la gente reciba o opine al respecto de eso? Pues cuando les vemos como seres humanos, o sea, desde sus experiencias, seres humanos, sí. parecen muy diferentes. Y es muy interesante que identifican como el mismo partido. Ajá. Entonces, ese me, me, me hace pensar de que al tiempo de Lincoln, por ser republicano, mm. no hay nada que ver que lo que significa de ser hoy un republicano. Y es, es muy curioso, ¿no? Cómo los valores o los principios, la, las ideologías políticas, diplomáticas que se propagaban del Partido Republicano en ese entonces, en sus inicios, uh -huh. mínimo lo que podemos saber históricamente, es tan contrario a lo que es ahorita, ¿no? Pues parece que sí, porque de nuevo sabemos que Lincoln creció pobre, uh -huh. pues profesionalmente era abogado, uh -huh. pero él tenía, él se metió en problemas políticamente porque en su primer año de ser un senador joven, uh -huh. él se metió en problemas porque era en contra de los pensamientos corrientes uh -huh. de la popularidad de la gente. Uh -huh. La mentalidad del de gente promedio a ese entonces era en el invadir Invadir. Invadir a un país no lejano, a un país vecino, uh -huh. pero un, un país vecino que era pobre, uh -huh. solo para sacar a su, a su tierra. Uh -huh. Y también tenemos que recordar que ese tiempo era en los 1840 y 50, creo. Uh -huh. Y que más o menos a ese entonces era descubierto... Uh, el oro en California. Ok. Entonces me pregunto si tengo que revisarlo porque creo que la guerra se empezó mientras que se descubrieron uh -huh. el oro en California. Pues Más lo, o menos. Es, es como lo, a unos como dos o tres años. Tengo que revisar lo las que, fechas. Lo que podría yo comprender eh, un poquito, tendríamos que meternos bien a la historia para temas de otro podcast, como lo habíamos mencionado, ¿no? Que era como cuestión los de, footnotes. De, la, de la esclavitud de los chinos que llegaron a construir los ferrocarriles, uh -huh. eso de la de parte mexicana y creo que también americana, y de saber que, que era muy común demostrar tu poder nacional a través de la expansión, ¿no? Y poder controlar las costas que eran muy importantes para para el comercio. Uh -huh. Entonces, pues, más temas de, de que se puede eh, extender, pero lo que a mí se me hizo muy valioso es darnos cuenta de que a pesar de todos los intereses contrarios, uh -huh. porque obviamente no había pasado mucho tiempo de que México había vendido forzosamente 
todas estas tierras a Estados Unidos, eh, podían encontrar maneras de colaborar y de apoyarse eh, por un beneficio mutuo, ¿no? Uh -huh. este, que representa esta relación de Lincoln y de Benito Juárez. Uh -huh. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo estás con tiempo de inglés? Pues, seguimos bien, pero, hace entonces, tiempo para cambiar. Do you want to switch to recap? Okay. Yeah, we'll go over. So, okay. congratulations for those of you uh, gringos trying to learn Spanish and, and sticking with us through that. We're going to recap, not verbatim, but the general idea of what we just discussed regarding why there's an Abraham Lincoln statue in Tijuana and yeah. why there's multiple throughout Mexico. The way that we're going to do that is that I'm going to just frankly read verbatim mm -hmm. from the notes that I've been making for Amassing. the video that we're going to have yeah. on YouTube. So in the show notes, the, the video on YouTube will not come out until likely after this podcast comes out. So we'll have it on there shortly, but Uh, even if you just YouTube in the future, Lincoln statue Tijuana, I guarantee that the video that we'll be making will be one of the top links. And it'll definitely be on your description uh, of this podcast, right? You'll have all that stuff uploaded so, when it's ready. Yeah. So for those of you wondering exactly trying to follow along what we were chatting about, it was about the Lincoln statue. And so I'm going to read for you guys right now verbatim. Just what basically you're going to hear in the upcoming video, which is going to have more content. It's going to have uh, obviously video and photos. So it's going to be even more informative, but this is what you're going to hear. And what we chatted about was a little bit extra detail, but uh, I guess that's where it comes in. Trying to learn language. You get the gist of it. And you'll yeah. get even more of a gist of it. So if we're ready. Go for it. I'll share it verbatim. So. The Zonario section of Tijuana is known for great restaurants, shopping, culture, entertainment, and a familiar face. That's right, our very own 16th president, uh, Abraham Lincoln. So at this point in the video, you'll see a shot of, of Lincoln. Mm -hmm. So you might be wondering just what is Abraham Lincoln doing here in Tijuana? Well, the truth is Tijuana is not the only Mexican city with an Abraham Lincoln statue. Ciudad de Juarez, so the city of Juarez, Guadalajara, and Mexico City each have one of their own. But it still doesn't answer the question just why is Abraham Lincoln honored here in Mexico to begin with? It all started when Lincoln, as a young senator, spoke out against the then U.S. President James Polk regarding his greedy decision to invade Mexico for the sole purpose of stealing land that today makes up much of the western half of the United States. This invasion was known as the Mexican-American War. Lincoln's stance against the war proved detrimental to his political career, at least early on, preventing his re-election as a senator and even making it hard for him to get an average job afterwards. And although the war still happened, Lincoln was thanked by the people of Mexico for his self-sacrificial and peaceful diplomatic efforts. Over a decade later, Lincoln finally becomes our president. At this time, Mexico was being invaded by France. Lincoln wanted to protect Mexico, but our own U.S. Civil War was being simultaneously waged. Lincoln could not afford the likelihood of France aiding the Southern Confederacy as a spiteful result of him publicly taking sides with Mexico. Lincoln did, however, inspire a more stealth-like way of providing aid. 
Ulysses S. Grant, who was very close to Lincoln, sent a company of U.S. troops to the Texas-Mexico border where they were instructed to lose 30,000 state-of-the-art rifles. Shortly thereafter, Mexico found these 30,000 rifles at the border and used them to fight off the French, winning the Battle of Puebla, which is where we, my fellow Americans, get the celebration of Cinco de Mayo. And ever since, Lincoln has been revered as an absolute rock star in Mexico. This particular statue of Lincoln was part of a binational exchange between Tijuana and San Diego in 1981. U.S. President Ronald Reagan was set to visit Tijuana himself and inaugurate the statue, which would have made him the first U.S. president actively to visit Tijuana, but prior to the ceremony, an infamous assassination attempt on his life took place, which later canceled the trip. As part of the exchange, the then-president of Mexico, Jose Lopez Portillo, visited Pentoja Park in downtown San Diego to dedicate our statue of the Mexican president and Lincoln contemporary Benito Juarez. With the real-life Benito Juarez standing at just 4'6", compared to Lincoln's reversal of 6'4", appearances don't explain how Benito Juarez has been referred to as the Abraham Lincoln of Mexico, but both men share very similarities. Each grew up poor and were professionally both trained as lawyers before becoming wartime presidents. They were each also elected during the same month of the same year, and both were known for doing everything in their power to seek good political ties between their nations, often writing to one another lengthy letters of encouragement. In our present-day geopolitical climate of wall-building, people-deporting, and caravan-denying, it's refreshing to see from history what a mutual beneficial and even self-sacrificial diplomacy can look like between both presidents of the United States and Mexico. There you go. Yeah, so it's it's actually, yeah, very interesting, right, that, that history can kind of flip around and change so much considering where, <laughs> where, where the actual diplomatic relationships are coming from, right? It's like from the Republican side. Uh, and just how odd it feels to us right now in the way it, it is. I mean, just being like border people. At the same time, it's also very encouraging to realize that things can change for the better in the future because, I mean, cycles in life. Yeah, right? yeah at least from the individual person, quote, in charge, because, you know, we're citing the example of two men, one of whom was assassinated mm -hmm. in the middle of all of that. Well, that... Because it was... It, part of why he's revered was because of things that he had himself personally done. Uh -huh. And then another big part of that was what his presidency inspired the subsequent leadership, at least militaristically. Yeah. That weren't popular at the time. Not necessarily, mm -hmm. but that's why Ulysses S. Grant did it, quote, secretly. Mm-hmm. But even still, it was like, it, it just seemed like the essence of each of those men were mm -hmm. saying, we can help. Well, let's just do it. And the fact <laughs> that they were actually fighting against the established order of things and, mm -hmm. and at the moment, I mean, even with Benito Juarez kind of making that comparison, right? He, um, he was the president that separated church and state from Mexico. Mm. So that wasn't a very popular thing to do either back then, right? <laughs> well, maybe that's another I don't know if that be, as a as a personal similarity between Lincoln and and Benito Juarez personally, but at least that's totally similar in that you're going against the status quo yeah, of the and nation. He, and he was since he was from uh like an indigenous uh tribe uh culture 
Tu puro chaparrito. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was considered like a, a second class citizen growing up. And, and a lot of the work that he did was in favor of protecting the rights of all Mexicans, right? Not just of the elites. You know, I was just reading actually today that there was a point where in the 1840s, there was a point during his political career where he was, as a result of the French colonization, mm -hmm. basically on the run in Mexico. Yeah, ended up and in that the US. He and his family, well, he and his family ended up moving between seven different cities, one of which included New Orleans mm -hmm. in the US in the 1840s or 50s. Mm -hmm. And that he worked in a cigar factory just to kind of support he and his family. And that the, the Smithsonian Institute has apparently mm -hmm. the lines and the hook mm -hmm. that he used to fish uh -huh. to basically like have dinner while like to eat dinner while he was living in New Orleans working in a cigar factory. Unofficially, it just sounds like a poor yeah. man's. Like no rich guy is going to have to necessarily do that. And the, the the also more extraordinary thing about that is still ironically being the unofficial official president of Mexico, right? So he was still uh, governing. Oh well, well yeah. During well, I, in the research that I had done, the United States had never recognized the French colonization of Mexico, which was actually an Austrian duke. Uh, named Maximilian the Third. Yeah, it also kind of puts into context a little bit this this thing that we really take for granted right now about the size of both countries and how hard it was to actually maintain lines of communication and interconnectedness between states, because president that's been basically uh, cooed out of your power. Yeah. And and still, you're able to hide around in the same country. <laughs> and then, right? Like, <laughs> so just imagine, dude. Yeah. Like, that's hard, dude. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Like I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that. I could find anyone I wanted to if I really tried right now in, in all of Mexico, right? Just Facebook just, or Google or yeah, something. Yeah, but to be that person, I and you know what? It's really funny. I, I was at I was at work today, and I was sitting at my desk, and I was looking at this door. And it was so funny because I knew we, we were going to record our podcast tonight. Uh -huh. And I'm looking at the door and I'm thinking, okay, I'm imagining two men walking into this main door. And one, his height is six foot four. Yeah. And the other, his height is four foot six. Yeah. And I was thinking, those guys would look 100% completely different from, from one another. Yeah, exactly. And the other one. But like, they were contemporaries. Oh. Mm -hmm. Again, Benito Juarez being the quote Abraham Lincoln of Mexico. Yeah. Nothing about his physical appearance made him look that way. You know, this is something that I never really thought about because I don't know exactly how they did it. But those letters that they wrote to themselves, did they both each speak English and Spanish to be able to, to correspond with each other? Or? Well, I mean, Lincoln grew up in Illinois and then what moved to Washington, D.C. So I, I guarantee he really didn't know much of any Spanish. Yeah. And then what reason would Benito Juarez had to have learned English? Maybe living in New Orleans, uh -huh. but which would have been French colonized. And if he was fighting the French, maybe he wanted to learn French. Excuse me. That yeah. shows even more the power of wanting to form those kind of uh, diplomatic bonds, right? Of, of forcing yourself to find ways of communicating, of maintaining these long distance correspondence letters, of, of fighting against the current of your political kind of climate towards something that you would consider a greater good 
long, long into the future. So things to think about right now, actually. And, and I don't know how, how people will kind of respond to this. It would be cool to kind of just figure out their, their thoughts and comments and concerns and ideas. And, and hopefully by learning a little bit more of this uh, longstanding relationship between both countries and people in power that tried their best to, to do their best with what they had at the time sparks something better than what we have right now, right? In doing this research, it's been a lot to recall, but th there's the name of someone that in, in all the different articles that I have been researching, there was a certain Mexican that was mentioned. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to just place it in the show notes, but there was someone who was Mexican, one of the concierge mm -hmm. of, of Mexico to the U.S., and was in direct contact with Lincoln, oh, cool. and that he was a big hand in ultimately bridging that binational contact. So I think he was someone who was bilingual, and I think he was someone who was just in his 20s. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lincoln actually wrote about him as being someone who, quote, he really liked because, I mean, for diplomatic efforts, but also at the same time personally, that he was someone who, that whenever he visited, he accompanied, he quote, accompanied his wife on her many shopping trips. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever that could have meant. I just, yeah. I just imagine like a Mexican gay man who was just like, yeah, let's go shopping. Like, I, I, I don't know who was just great <laughs> diplomatically. And I hope I didn't just start a war between. Uh, nah, I think you're assuming good. something, but it, it was, again, it was written like Lincoln basically said, yeah, he accompanied my wife on quote, a lot of shopping trips. Yeah. I'm like, what American guy is going to do that? Unless you just love your country <laughs> and you know that the quickest way to get to the president is going to yeah. be like making friends with his wife. And if she likes shopping, you just go and you just shut up and well, you just, do it. I mean, imagine uh, <laughs> that there was a civil war going on at, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and distances were not the easiest as we kind of explained a little bit uh, in the podcast. So I'm imagining that, of course, Lincoln loving his wife and everything may have not gotten the opportunity to go shopping with her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever that yeah. could have meant. Yeah. Well, so hopefully this has been as thought-provoking and insightful and fun as it's been for us in both English and Espanol. Um, Jim, any final thoughts that you have? Yeah, I'm just excited to make this as a video because uh, I think to sum it all up, uh, th there's been a lot of what I have found as interesting facts, mm -hmm. hence my desire to make the video of it. But to just take what is becoming this, you know, I think at this point, 40 plus minute podcast yeah. uh, into a less than four minute video has been a task because... Yeah. I'm personally very interested in the topic. I find it fascinating, but also in light that it uh, exemplifies in a very refreshing manner yeah. what appear to have been just great relationships between the U.S. and Mexico. Well, and both presidents saying, we're neighbors, we're almost family, or mm -hmm. maybe we're family, whatever each of them would have. I don't know what it would have been like to have been in the same room with each of those gentlemen, other than the fact that, wow, that dude's hella tall, yeah. wow, that other dude is hella short, yeah. <laughs> but they're talking 
yeah. maybe Benito Juarez is on like a, yeah. uh, like a cell box or something. <laughs> but, and, and, and he and Lincoln are talking, but they reached the nation's leaders and they said, let's work together to just help one another out like neighbors, yeah. but on a macro scale. Yeah, and I think definitely just learning a little bit more about how interconnected our histories are and how convoluted and wonky and interesting and, and not as cut and dry it can be really just makes me more excited for listening to more of these and, and kind of recording and, and researching and doing everything that we can mm-hmm. to just share more information in any way that we can. And I think lastly, the fact that you and I may even be excited on recording this podcast, we're totally not the only ones that would be excited regarding this topic, being the fact that there are, at least in Mexico, four major cities that have the Abraham Lincoln statue and uh, many other cities in the U.S. that have the Benito Juarez statue, both as part of uh, binational exchanges for this very reason that there's other individuals that say – yes to positive relationships between the United States and Mexico. Mm -hmm. Well, Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your first official podcast of the year. And thank you everyone for listening. And muchas gracias a todos por escuchar. Yeah, gracias. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed that. Esperemos si les haya gustado. Y acompáñenos para el próximo. Please join us for the next round. Follow me on Mente Abierta. Jim will provide you the link for that. And follow Jim on all his projects and work with Emergent Living Tijuana. Yes. And again, uh, I'm Jim Houlston with Emergent Living Tijuana. And I'm Alejandro Hierro with Mente Abierta. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Adios.